Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another wonderful episode of... Escape from Planet Picture Show. That felt extra loud this time. Yeah, it was really loud. (laughs) As always, I am your host with the most, Taylor, and I have my co-host with the extra, extra most, because he has just been a busybody for the last two months. Say hello to the people. Hi, it's Nathan. Hey, he's back. Not that he ever left, yeah, but no. <laughs> he's back in like full form because he has completed his project. Yeah. So my school production put on a musical called The Lightning Thief based off the Percy Jackson books. We've been working on it for two months and yesterday was our last show. So, so two months worth of time. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Percy Jackson books? No. I mean, no. I've... Did you watch the movie? No, I've never watched the movie, never read the books. I know they're making a TV show, but I've never actually, like, sat down and, like, dived into it. And I still didn't do it <laughs> to get ready for this So either. you had no preparation for this? Nope. You literally just knew it was in the script for the most part? Yeah. Okay. And I'm still kind of confused, but... <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the new show on Disney Plus will help you understand yeah. more about what you're experiencing. Now, I do have a question, though, because I know you've been working on this effortless... Effortless... Li- Good Lord, effortlessly for the last couple months. What was your role in the entire production? I played Mr. Brunner. So for the people that are Percy Jackson fans, you probably know who that is. But for the people who are not Percy Jackson fans, he is Percy Jackson's Latin teacher. And then halfway through the, or halfway through the musical, don't know about like the books and all that stuff, but he is revealed to be a centaur named Chiron. And he's... The son of Kronos. What? Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. All right. So if you're like close to me, you've probably seen pictures of me with my little horse tail. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very interesting Facebook couple post. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. How was the, uh, the actual production itself? Like when the when the night came for you guys to do your show, were you guys uh, full house? Yeah, we sold out three of the four nights, so that was great. So you did multiple nights. Yeah, it was Very nice. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Oh, right. Yesterday, so. So what time did the show start? Like six o'clock showing? The one was, or the Wednesday show was six o'clock, six o'clock, and the rest were seven. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And we all know musicals run a little bit longer. Than yeah. They should. So that's Way exciting, longer. though. So not to spoil anything for you, but Percy Jackson is not a musical. What? Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So I've never, I didn't even know there was an option for a musical. I didn't know that either. So I thought that's pretty exciting to experience. But yeah, you know, I'm glad it's all over. So you have more time to focus on what you want to focus on and have more time to yourself. You get to sleep in a little bit more and rest a little bit more. Have a little more social life than just doing drama every day i'm his social life every week yeah every saturday we just spend a whopping (laughs) two or three hours together every saturday so much fun but this time we weren't able to do a saturday because obviously he had a show so today is sunday we're changing it up a little bit sunday november 6th Ooh, man super exciting um so for today we do have a very different kind of show we're going to be talking about parodies this yeah, week. Yeah, no more Halloween. I know. But we do still have some Halloween news we're going to be providing in our movie news at the beginning, as we do every episode, of course. But for parodies, we do have a lot of information to unleash about what exactly is a parody, 
like versus a satire versus a spoof versus a farce versus music versus media versus et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to be a lot of information that we're going to be unloading in the second half of this episode. But of course, you know, last week, if you guys haven't heard it yet, was the worst of the worst. It was actually, I think, my favorite episode that I've done so far. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We didn't have any special guests or anything. Well, actually, scratch that. We had 41 special guests. Yeah, I was going to say, there was like a lot of special guests. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't physically here with us, but they were here in spirit. They were. We asked the audience members, a.k.a. friends and family for the time being, of course, on what they thought the worst was, what the overrated was, all that information so that way we can go ahead and share it with the rest of the world and kind of get a larger input on what people thought and kind of talk amongst ourselves about it, which was a lot of fun. Now, what I do want to bring up about last week's episode, though, that you won't hear in last week's episode, uh, Nathan and I went on a rant about cheeseburgers and french fries for about 15 minutes. Yeah, the episode, we recorded like almost two hours of content last week. <laughs> and after editing, it came down to like an hour and a half. So I cut out about 30 minutes of content. <laughs> yeah, which is still, an hour and a half is still a lot, like a lot of um, topics. So... Just to, for for your sake, Nathan, why I cut that content? Because um, it was the snack portion, right? We were talking about snacks. That was the whole purpose of that that cheeseburger and fries rant. But last week's episode was the worst of the worst, and we were talking about the best things about snacks. It just didn't fit the theme. Yeah, yeah. So I did cut it out. I still have the audio saved. So if you guys are interested in hearing us rant and just ramble about cheeseburgers and fries at movie theaters, let us know. I can go ahead and uh, possibly toss it up on our website or podcast site. <laughs> but yeah, that was a fun episode. I had a lot. Of, I had a good time with that. But as always, we're going to start this episode off with movie and entertainment news. <laughs> Ominous. I love it. We have a couple things we want to go ahead and touch upon. Some stuff that happened. Very, very, very recently. But it's basically the big news that's come on throughout the last week. So we'll go ahead and pass it over to Nathan. Um, I think one of the big pieces of news recently is that Aaron Carter sadly passed away yesterday, I believe, right? November 5th. He was a rapper, singer, and actor. He was on TV. He was in movies. He was on Broadway. Yeah, just a lot of... um, He's done a lot of stuff in his life, and he sadly passed away at the age of 34. Next, Westworld was canceled. What? Yes. It's uh, been on for forever. Well, not forever, but I mean, it's been a long time going. Yeah. So it was canceled a few days ago. HBO came out and said, no more. Even though they were planning on doing a fifth season, they didn't end up doing it, obviously, but the cast is still getting paid for a fifth season. The Hollywood Reporter put out some statistics. It says ratings for Westworld shrank from about 12 million to 4 million, which is definitely a big step down from where they want to be, especially with new leaders at Warner Brothers. They're mm-hmm. going to try and keep costs down to a minimum. So, Which is pretty intense. You know, going on the whole Warner Brothers boat here for a minute, we're going to be talking about it here in a little bit, but Warner Brothers is basically looking for franchises. They want to create franchises, but they want new franchises. Westworld has been around for a long time. The actual film, Westworld, came out in like the late 80s. And the CGI at that time for that film was out of this world. That just really blew people away. So when they brought it back to HBO, people were stoked because we were able to use today's technology for this new concept. 
but to have them cut it that significantly i feel is is a big shock because it has brought in a lot of i personally feel hbo viewers but in that hollywood reporter post you were talking about they're basically saying you know one of the primary reasons for this could be because of the new series the last of us that's coming out on hbo yeah, max and supposedly it's coming like really soon like january of next year correct yeah but, you know, there's also a couple other things. Obviously, like, Euphoria is a big one that are keeping people on board. The White Lotus was, like, super successful. Yeah. House of Dragon, obviously, just finished off their first season, and it was crazy successful. So HBO just kind of has that thought process where it's just, like, we just don't need Westworld anymore. Um, and like you said, with those statistics, that's a pretty significant drop in viewership for that show specifically. Yeah, 8 million people just dropped off the show. That's That's crazy. That's crazy. So maybe it was a good decision, but maybe we can also protest to get it back if you guys are interested. Let us know. Yeah. Next, it seems The Witcher is getting a shakeup. I believe this is the fourth season where Liam Hemsworth will replace Henry Cavill in the role of Gerald. Is that how you say it? I don't watch The Witcher. Gerald. 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 Yes. Gerald. Okay. Yeah. As everybody suspected, Henry Cavill is going to focus more on being a movie star and going to, or kind of bringing back the Superman persona. So not a big surprise that he's going to drop streaming and go back to the movies. It's kind of odd how they placed so much on him, though, for this role, for him to be in this role and how big of a deal it was that he was in this role for three seasons already. And then all of a sudden they're kind of just, not pulling it from out from underneath him because it was obviously his choice, but to completely change it with another actor, it's not like they're canceling the show. The show's going to continue, but with a brand new actor, which I think is kind of odd. Yeah, I mean, like we, we've talked about this a little bit before, but actors have replaced actors before, but this one just kind of came out of, well, I wouldn't say it came out of nowhere, but it was a little, just a little weird because I feel like, Henry Cavill was in a bit of a slump, and The Witcher kind of helped bring him back to life, in a sense. I agree. I agree. I mean, he was in, um, was it Mission Impossible? Yeah, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. And I think The Witcher came, like... Right after that. Yeah, it was like a year after, so... Yeah. So I don't blame him. I mean, when Netflix offers you a job that's going to be a, a long-running gig, you take it because they're going to pay handsomely for that kind of project, you know, especially because it's based off of a video game. It's a title that people are already pretty familiar with. So just hopping into it with Henry Cavill, I think, was a really smart move. But I'm glad that he's doing now what he wants to do. All right, well, next up, continuing on our Warner Brothers role here, Warner Brothers hit a huge, well, not like huge, huge, but they had a stock fall. Recently, obviously, as we've talked about it multiple times in the show, Warner Brothers is basically restructuring their entire uh, persona in terms of streaming and movies and franchises and what they feel would be successful to bring in the most income for them, which is understandable. It's a very strong business move for them. But just in this last year, specifically, or last quarter, excuse me, Warner Brothers Discovery has lost 2.8 billion dollars yikes that's a lot of money that's half or that's double the amount of what the powerball is worth right now whoa yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> it seems like somebody or at Warner Brothers needs to win the lottery. Yeah, yeah. save the company. <laughs> Do it. So uh, because of the restructuring, they did have, have a bit of a stock fall because a lot of people obviously aren't agreeing with what Warner Brothers is delivering right now in terms of, I think it was like four episodes ago when we were talking about Catwoman, or not Catwoman, Batwoman. Batgirl. Batgirl, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> Batgirl and The Flash and Shazam and Black Adam and obviously Henry Cavill coming back as Superman. Uh, that's a lot of big news That's that they had to place things on hold to make happen. So with that loss, you might be seeing a lot of loss in general on HBO Max, uh, but it's very possible it can still be saved um, by next year if their restructuring is done properly. But if it's not done properly, they could potentially lose more. Yeah, another $2.8 billion. Uh, I mean, hopefully not. To lose that much in one quarter is an ins- insane amount. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. So, I mean, that's about how much the Walt Disney Company makes per month. <laughs> like just to kind of get you guys an example of overall income. So to have somebody lose that much in a quarter is is pretty significant. But just uh, stay tuned and hopefully we can go ahead and see Warner Brothers save themselves from the dark pit that they fell inside of. And hopefully this whole Warner Brothers Discovery merger isn't a huge loss for the company about only gains. So fingers crossed so moving on to blockbuster we did talk about blockbuster two episodes ago no last week I was think. it last week yeah last week gosh time just flies by so the new show blockbuster on netflix went through the first couple episodes on netflix and it's not all it was set up to be so the vibes at the very beginning were supposed to be very superstore where, you know, you're, there's just employees inside of a store dealing with the craziness of everybody here in the store and just them moving about their lives and kind of learning about the employees. Very similar to, I mean, you could really look back at like 30 Rock or Parks and Rec or, I mean, obviously Superstore is a big one. Yeah, so there's just like people are like, what's the point of making this show if you're not going to make it new and original? You're just copy and pasting what you have in Superstore. Exactly. But the difference is it's on Netflix. Yeah. So it's not like it's going to be an NBC Universal, like it's not on Peacock, right? But because it's on Netflix, it kind of brings in a new crowd who might not be too familiar with Superstore. But from my understanding, Superstore is still happening. Right? No, it just ended. Uh... It ended like a, I want maybe earlier this year or late last year, but I know okay. it ended. Interesting. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So this is just their new project then. Yeah. From what it seems like. Obviously, Randall Park is a peach. Melissa Fumero is a peach. But to have them in this scenario, I guess, just doesn't quite hit. So just to make sure, you did research on Rotten Tomatoes, though, right? About Blockbuster? Yes, I did. What exactly are they saying on there? Okay. Well, the average tomato meter score, which is the critics, is 22%, which is pretty bad. But what yeah. I find more interesting is the audience score, which is at 44%, which is means it's like really bad. Like really bad. That's really low. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, though. Like I said, I don't think it was necessarily aimed at the proper crowd. I felt like if it was made more into like an adult comedy instead of like a superstore copy and paste concepts. Yeah, if it felt more... 
like a streaming show than a cable show. Does that make yeah. sense? And I'm not saying cable shows have this like specific vibe to them. It's just more like you can you know what you're getting when you watch a cable show. When you're with streaming, you don't know exactly what you're gonna get. Yeah, correct. So I you know I'm gonna call it now. I don't think it's gonna go on to a season two. Yeah, no, I doubt it. I think Netflix is gonna give it the reasonable doubt to finish off their first season because that's typically what the contracts are set up for. But I don't think it's going to make it into season two by next next year. Yeah, no, it's not happening. Anyway, moving on. Next up, we have some Disney. The Russo brothers had something to say about their live-action Hercules movie. While Guy Ritchie is directing, they are producing, the Russo brothers are producing, and they said it will be a little bit more experimental and inspired by TikTok. Whatever that means. I, I don't, don't know what that means. It just makes me mad because, as many of you know, Hercules, the 1997 animated movie, is one of my favorite movies ever. It's my favorite Disney movie, period. And it's just like one of my top five favorite movies. So hearing this news that it's kind of just going to be more modern and like TikTok inspired is like scary especially because it's disney at the helm i don't see them pulling this off right so i'm worried specifically for you because you went on that rant last week about ralph breaks the internet oh yeah (laughs) and i feel like this is gonna have a very similar vibe i know if we dive into the world of influencers through the story of hercules i'm gonna be extremely mad because i do not want that please i just don't want that so i just feel that the Russo brothers need to explain more what they mean by TikTok influenced. Only because they did say in this article that I'm reading from Variety that it is going to be a musical, just yeah. like the original was, which is awesome. The music was fantastic in the original. I can't wait to see how they're going to transition that into modern day, which is what I feel they mean by TikTok influenced. But I don't know if that means we're going to see Hercules floss. I don't know. The What Russo said was, there are questions about how you translate it as a musical. Audience today have been trained by TikTok, right? What is their expectation of what the musical looks and feels like? That can be a lot of fun and help us push the boundaries a little bit on how you execute a modern musical. Are, I just don't know what they mean by that. Do they mean like, like physically like TikTok inspired or like well, you can't even say like the effects in TikTok because it's not there's no effects. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, correct. Yeah, unless I mean, obviously, you're very familiar with the the animated movie. They had a lot of pop culture references in there. Yeah. So I don't know if they're possibly referring it to that. Yeah. They and plus this seems it's a or it seems like this project's not as moving or it's not moving as fast as other projects have. So like as you said or as I said, there was. Guy Ritchie directing, the Russo brothers are producing, and then the script's being written by David Callaham, who wrote um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which I loved, so it's giving me a little bit of hope. But yeah, Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Everything is there. It's all lined up. They have no cast yet, from yeah, my understanding. Yeah, no, no cast. There's so, been rumors, but I don't think What anything... rumors have you heard? Well, this was like a year or two ago, and it's not happening now, but there was rumors that it was going to be Michael B. Jordan and Ariana Grande as the two leads, but oh. then Ariana Grande is in Wicked right now. Like, they're filming 
if they start filming this month, then they're going to be filming like all the way until like late next year because they're doing a two-parter. So that's obviously not happening if they're going to try and push this movie out soon because they are they already have a director. So it's kind of like well, they have a director, they have a producer, they have I, from my understanding they have a writer that's already out there right now. I would too. say a script too if they're already having like what's being inspired yeah, by. So. Correct. I remember there were rumors. Oh my god, years ago, all these fan made castings of the movie and the one that was getting the most like supercharged before all the crazy stuff came out about this actor was Chris Pratt to play Hercules. No, thank you. And Anna Kendrick was going to play Meg. No, thank you. I can see Anna Kendrick playing Meg. Really? I really can. Only because of her musical background, I feel like it'd be a shoe-in for her to be able to do Can't Say I'm In Love. I think that'd be a really good fit for her specifically to play. But find new actors. Yeah, I know who I want to play Meg. Oh, who? I don't know if you know her, but Liz Gillies. <gasps> I don't know who that is. Yeah, she was with Ariana Grande on Victorious. They're like best friends, but her voice literally matches the animated version. Is she still acting? Um, yeah, she was in a show called Dynasty, which I think it just ended. So she's free Disney. Just saying. Ooh, there we go. Yeah, and I've seen people like the fan cast for Hercules and stuff like that. I've seen like Taron Egerton, which I think would be That'd interesting. Be pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he sang before in Rocket Man. Yeah, right? so he has that background. So yeah, I, 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 as long as they get somebody like Liz Gillies to play Meg, I think I'll be good. You know, I just don't know if she has enough star power to her name. Well, actually, no. Let me not because they had like a new actor for Aladdin, and. Naomi Scott is not that big, or she wasn't as big as she was before Correct. Aladdin. So I agree. It's a possibility. So I feel, just based on past experiences, that Disney's really good about casting, not necessarily no names, but lower names in their live action films. Yeah. Especially with, um, oh my gosh, is it Halle Berry? Not Halle Berry. Halle, Halle Bailey. Bailey, yeah. thank you. Who's going to be playing The Little Mermaid. And their Lion King prequel that they're making has like two lower name actors, Escar and Mufasa. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I always feel like the the titular character is gonna be an almost no name actor based on how it's been since like Alice in Wonderland, going all the way up into the modern days today. But they're gonna have that one celebrity in there that everybody's familiar with, which would probably be like a TD's character, which is gonna be Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito. Yeah, yeah. If you know, Danny DeVito has made jokes on Twitter and on Instagram just saying, hey, Disney, I'm ready. You know, like, he he's interested. Yeah. As long as they don't give him a top hat like Tim Burton does, I'm sure he'll go ahead and take the role. Yeah, and Tim so. Burton, well, never mind. This is off topic. <laughs> I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we'll go ahead and see what happens. We'll keep everybody updated with the Hercules news because I am stoked to see what they're going to be doing with this movie. Now, last up on our news Obviously, we're not in Halloween anymore, unfortunately. Our last episode that we filmed was literally like two days before Halloween. Yeah, it was the 29th. Yeah, so we weren't able to really talk about Halloween in general, but there were some crazy celebrity costumes. Yeah, a lot of creative ones, too. Like, I was like, oh, people are actually, like, doing Halloween this year. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was very surprised and i feel like <clears throat> what really took the internet by storm this last week has been heidi klum yeah her worm costume <laughs> that 
is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Honestly, this reminds me of like old, like 1980s horror movies. Yeah, and in case anybody doesn't know, Heidi Klum always dresses very like bold and like exciting for Halloween. Like there's never a dull moment with Heidi Klum's Halloween costumes. So it was just fun to see what she had planned this year. And I, she did not disappoint. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. But there are some people who I was surprised by, specifically Megan the Stallion. I love um, Megan the Stallion. I didn't know she was a nerd. Oh my god! Yeah, she she like loves anime. Like that's, that's crazy. Her thing. So she dressed up as a rabbit hero from My Hero Academia, which I thought was crazy. Yeah. Cardi B dressed up like Marge Simpson, which yeah. I thought there was... was a lot of Marge Simpsons this year. Yeah. Her Lizzo and I think another person dressed up as. Um, March as well. Really? I don't, I guess they're making a comeback. Yeah. I guess. Oh, Halle Bailey. There we go. Yeah. She dressed up like one of the characters from Avatar because obviously, you know, she's making her rounds right now. Kendall Jenner dressed up like Jesse from Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lizzo. Here we go. Play also went as Marge. I was very impressed with Kim Kardashian. In yeah. her costume this year, she went as Mystique. There was from also a X-Men. lot of Mystiques this year. Yeah, her yeah. sweetie, the rapper, and I think there was also one more person. I just can't think of who it was. You know, I know who you're thinking of, and I honestly I can't think of it either. Though Kiki Palmer got Ooh, into the spirit. Want to pause right here, really Ooh, fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so she obviously dressed up as Rapunzel, but she also dressed up as Rogue because. I did see that. Everybody is fan casting her as Rogue. I did see that. And her tweet got so many likes of her or as Rogue. I was like, oh my gosh. I hope Marvel like notices this because if they cast her as Rogue, I feel like everybody would be happy. Like, no doubt about it. Everybody would be ecstatic about it. But, you know, here's the thing, though. I, not to go off on a crazy tangent here. Marvel should not fan cast. Just don't do it. We all saw what happened with John Krasinski. Yeah, no, that was bad. I appreciated the effort that he had, but hes I don't think he's coming back for the actual Fantastic Four film. Yeah, no, there's no way. I no. agree with you. There's no so, way he's coming back. But uh, yeah, it was a fun year for Halloween this year. Yeah. Did, you, did you dress up? Yeah. Remember Seymour? Oh, that's right. Obviously. I even came to hear or came to record as Seymour. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Me and my friends had a lot of fun with our Halloween costumes this year. Who did your friends go as? My friends, a couple, or one of them went as Mia from Princess Diaries. Another was Olivia Rodrigo. Another was Joker. So it was just a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with our costumes. fun. Okay, that was a loud whistle. I'm so sorry about that. (laughs) Had that gopher whistle happening. One last shout-out, celebrity-wise at least, that I wanted to go ahead and just highlight because just how cool their costume was is <laughs> joe jonas oh yeah as flow from progressive <laughs> he went all out man like he i don't know if it's his natural hair if he bought a wig for it it looks like a wig it definitely looks like a wig but he has the the apron that says progressive on it and i love insurance he even put on lipstick and i believe eyeliner like he went all out for this character until next year, man. Can't wait to see what the celebrities provide for us that we can share with you guys next year. Now, moving on to Trailer Tracker and release news. 
There was four new main trailers that came out this week. First would be the Criminal Minds reboot, which was which is titled Criminal Minds Evolution. It releases on Paramount Plus November 24th. Next is another reboot. Pitch Perfect is getting a spin-off series called Bumper in Berlin. It'll be on Peacock November 23rd. Next, we have Avatar The Way of Water, which is the Avatar sequel, obviously. And it was just a new full trailer. The movie comes out December 16th. And then lastly, Willow, the TV show sequel. That'll hit Disney Plus at the end of the month, November 30th on Disney Plus. Ooh, super exciting. So I know we had some Willow haters in the last episode. We were Uh-oh. doing the, the worst of the worst. Yeah. So AKA my grams. So maybe this will change your mind. Just keep an eye on it and see if anything changes for you. Um, but I am interested in Bumper in Berlin. I love Bumper's character. So I feel like it's going to be a lot of fun to see him as the main character from this point forward in the series, at least. But are there any trailers here that you're excited about? Not really. I'm I'm not a huge fan of Criminal Minds. Not that I don't like it. It's just not. I don't really watch it. But yeah. I get that. I get that. I guess Avatar. But I feel like everybody's interested in what Avatar is going to be. Considering it's been 13 years. Yeah. yeah. It's about time. So. But anywho, we're going to go ahead and take a quick, quick break. We hope you all stick around for the second half, which we're going to do a lot of fun, different games and and history lessons. So make sure everyone has their pens and papers ready. And hopefully we can go ahead and crack a few jokes. And uh... yeah, we are back. Welcome back, everybody, from that really annoying ad that probably took about 30 seconds to a minute (laughs) of your life. Again, we're here to continue on our beautiful rant of parodies. So, Nathan. Yes. How familiar are you with parodies, sir? I know a lot of parodies, but I've only seen a few. Okay, so what parodies do you know? Just right off the top of your head, like what really you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that one. Obviously, like Young Frankenstein, all the scary movies, those movies, and then you could consider this maybe a parody, but like enchanted in a way because it makes fun of the Disney princess yeah, genre. I would consider that a parody um, indirectly. Yeah. Yeah. Hot Shots, the Top Gun one. I've never watched it, but I've heard of it. Hot Shots is so funny. Yeah. Strongly recommend for anyone who hasn't seen that. Now, do you know what a parody is? Do you know why it's considered a parody and not a satire? No. That's the ultimate question, right? So parodies have been around for years. And when I say years, I mean like back in the ye old days of Greece, right? So the word parody actually derives from the Greek word, I'm, I'm going to butch this, idea? Does that sound right? Based on what you're looking at right here? Yeah, paroidea. Paroidea. That would make sense. Which just means a song sung alongside another which is actually funny because we're going to be talking a lot about Weird Al today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest parody writers of our time. But obviously, we are a film podcast, so we're going to go ahead and hop a little bit more into like the film portion of it. So really, the biggest difference, I did a lot of research on parody specifically, and what makes it a parody, what makes it a satire, what exactly the difference is. A parody obviously started in literature forever ago. But it's an imitation of a style or a manner of a particular writer in that in those days. But in that sense, it would be considered 
an imitation and a style and a manner of a filmmaker. So uh, we're going to be talking about this a little bit later too, but the Muppets are a huge influence for parodies. Yeah. They've parodied everything on the Muppet show all the way back in the seventies. And even from Sesame street, they do parodies all the time. In fact, so my daughter's been super into Sesame street recently and we watched one the other day, (laughs) the other day, they were talking about weather, so they were talking about sunlight. They were talking about how to keep your your plants alive. You know, they're gonna need weather, you know, good weather, sunny weather, rainy weather to be able to keep them running. And the parody for that short was Desperate Houseplants instead of Desperate Housewives. Oh, and I thought that was really clever. So the biggest difference, primarily, is that a parody again is more of like a a celebration of somebody else's work, but created from your own mind. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that again with Weird Al later down the road with all of his songs. He's very respected or respectful towards the original artist when he makes these songs, but he doesn't really like belittle them. He just makes them silly in yeah. his own manner, right? Now that's where satire comes in change so satire is technically mocking so it's like the absolute opposite of a parody so you're not celebrating it you're kind of like calling it stupid saying it's dumb saturday night live is prime for satire Mm -hmm. so if you guys want to watch some good satire you know anything that they do politically it's them making fun of the person or the situation not making fun of what happened that led up to the situation, like a parody would, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I also learned during this research that parodies and spoof are the same thing. I don't know where spoof came into play, where they're like, well, let's go ahead and change the word. American language is weird. We have like eight words for one meaning for things. So Yeah, when I think of spoof, I think it's like, short like i don't know like a skit type of thing yeah, like a, like a short right yeah so, yeah and that's kind of what i think too yeah in my mind a parody is more thought out i guess in a way or it feels more complete where a spoof is like maybe just a little bit of what you would see in a full length of a parody correct so and that's kind of how i thought of it too which is why when i was originally reading this i'm like oh, okay so parodies weird al satire snl and then a spoof, I would be thinking like disaster movie yeah. or the scary movies, or there are very small tidbits of different films that make up an entire film. I consider that a spoof. Maybe that's just the American way of how people think of it. Maybe there are other people who think very similar to yeah. that. But that's how I thought of it. And I think that's a really good point that you brought up too. So it's just, it's interesting to see, you know, how different and indifferent they all actually are you know they're all they're all the same kind of comedy it really just depends on your comical style now i did a little bit more and more research about parodies and obviously there's a lot of people who have directed parodies a lot of the well-known ones are like the weinstein company who did the scary movie movies they did not another teen movie they did disaster movie they did meet the spartans all the classic ones that we all know for, you know, today's classics. But growing up, my dad actually introduced me to Mel Brooks, which I feel is just 
a wonderful, wonderful person who's very well versed in comedy styles of parodies. Baseballs, for example, I think is just gold. That movie's hilarious. Have you ever seen that movie? No, but my dad has watched it multiple times, so oh. I've seen like snippets of it. It's so good. It's so good. But I found an article that was the seven best parody movies that give the original movie a run for their money. What made this interesting is that some of these I actually agree with. Oh. But not all of them. Because obviously without the original, there wouldn't be the parodies. Yeah. You know? So it, it it's it's a yes and a no. But on this list, for the seven top ones, we have Not Another Teen Movie, which I actually watched for the first time this year. That stars Chris Evans. It's a 2001 film. And it primarily circles around... She's All That. That's like the main, main movie that it circles around, but it also has references towards the Varsity Blues and Cruel Intentions, along with a bunch of other teen movies dropped inside of there, like American Pie. I, I honestly am blanking out on other ones. They have a lot of different references in that movie, though. I have not seen She's All That. That's the one with Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. I've never seen She's All That, and I didn't watch the remake that just came out last year. Neither did I. Yeah. Neither did I. But from what I understand, this is almost a, basically the exact same thing as that movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very, very funny. Oh, actually, you know what? I lied. I did watch She's All That. I'm thinking of another movie. I did watch that movie, and I watched this movie afterwards which is why i forgot about she is all that because i really liked this movie i thought not another teen movie was very well done obviously going back to the classic portion of it scary movie back in 2000 yes um, which is freaking hilarious hot shots are just silly silly movies those are the charlie sheen movies where it's a parody of top gun that's the big one but the uh, the ones who run it are the ones who also ran the Naked Gun franchise, which has Liam Neeson in it. Not Liam Neeson. Oh, my gosh. Leslie Nelson. <laughs> What's up with me in names today? My God. Which are also really, really funny movies. And then, of course, it dives a little bit deeper into Mel Brooks with Spaceballs, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, of course. Young Frankenstein is at the very bottom of this list all the way back in 1974. But the one that stood out to me the most was Galaxy Quest from 1999, which is a Tim Allen movie. Are you familiar with this movie at all? No, this is like the first time I'm hearing about it. So this movie was, or might still be, my older brother's, one of my older brother's favorite movies of all time. So this movie is a it's about a cast of characters that were in a tv show very similar to star trek and they go to a convention every year tim allen loves it because it keeps having him relive his glory days but all the other side characters that were in the show are kind of like ugh, like they don't want to be there but they're only there because they're contractually obligated to do it but there are some alien life forms that watched the show and they see what they do in the show, so they go to Earth to this convention, and they kidnap the actors because they think they're the actual characters from the show to save them from, like, an enslavement plan happening up in space with their colony. Okay, I'm going to have to watch so this. So it's very clever, but I never thought of it as a parody until I was actually going through this list. So it's a parody of a parody with a parody, if that makes sense. It sounds interesting, though. I would it's watch very it. Good. It's very good. 
Now, those are the ones that give it the best run for the money, but there is another list on Screen Rant that talks about the best parody movies all of all time according to Rotten Tomatoes. Obviously, this list is a little bit longer, but this does have other movies in there that I didn't really think about. At the very top of the list is going to start with Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, which is obviously just a comedy of James Bond. James Bond. Team America, World Police. I didn't think of as a parody either. I just thought it was a comedy, but I can see how that could be a parody as well. Have you seen the movie Tropic Thunder? No, I have not. No. So Tropic Thunder is very similar to Galaxy Quest, where these are actors who are playing just people in the army, and they get dropped off in the middle of Vietnam, and they're filming a movie out there to make it as authentic as possible, but they don't actually rent out the places and out there that start killing off the, the crew, and they just think that it's a really elaborate film that they're in, that they're being filmed at all times. So they have no idea that they're in actual danger while they're filming this movie. And they have to start to play the role of the, the army troop a little bit more seriously as they go. Yeah, see, I never... All I know is that Tropic Thunder probably wouldn't be acceptable <laughs> if it was made <laughs> during this or now. Because of Robert Downey Jr.? Just the things I've heard about it or like yeah. some of the jokes and stuff like that. Well, but... Robert Downey Jr.'s character in this movie is hysterical. This is before... Iron Man. Oh, no, no, this is during Iron Man, because Iron Man was... It was about to be, or it came out, like, I think a few months before Iron Man, yeah. right? Robert Downey Jr.'s character is a black man in this movie. His character as the actor, <laughs> he invests so much into his part that he actually uh, repigments his skin to be able to play this role. So he's now officially a man of color instead of being just Robert Downey Jr. But he takes his role a little bit too seriously, and there's a lot of things that should not be said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next up is This is the End, which was actually on one of the worst of the worst movies last week from one of my friends. Oh. Hot Shots, again, obviously came up. Uh, Sausage Party, <laughs> which was also on the worst of the worst last week. Which, oh, we didn't talk about it in movie news, but sequel series coming soon to Netflix, I believe. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And it's bringing the original cast. Yeah, I believe Everyone's so. back. Yeah. yeah. It was really hard to watch this movie. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't consider it the worst. It was very funny. The last five minutes of the movie, I almost wanted to walk out because of how uncomfortable I was. <laughs> so if, if for those of you who know, you know. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil is next up on the list. 2011, Deadpool and Deadpool 2, which, yes and no. I wouldn't really consider them a parody. He, it's because he's, he's, an, he's not an original character for the film. Like, he's already a pre-made comic book character that people are familiar with, which is why I wouldn't consider it a parody. But it's a parody in terms of he refers to multiple different movies. Yeah that people are familiar with. The Naked Gun, 1988, Galaxy Quest, of course. Borat, I don't know how that's really a parody. I'm not super familiar with Borat, um, so I can't really say for sure. Have you ever seen the Borat movies? No. No. I'm, I'm not familiar enough to say absolutely. But Blazing Saddles, 1974, also a very inappropriate movie, but it is hysterical. Very, very funny. Shaun of the Dead. We've talked about that. 
We have a lot yes. over here on the show. And one of the ones that came up on here that actually surprised me was Cabin in the Woods. Which we also talked about a few yeah. show or a few episodes back. Which makes sense. Yeah. It is very parody like, but I never considered it a parody in the classical terms of parodies. It's like a parody, but I also think it's very meta, which I too I think are two different ideas as well. Correct. Yeah. I would lean more to the meta side than parody. Mm-hmm. But I can see it considered being a parody. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that too. I always see it as a horror movie before anything else. But I can see the parody aspects behind it. Next up is Enchanted, of course, and soon to be Disenchanted. Coming out on Disney Plus on what day? November 18th. November so 18th. next two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Young Frankenstein. This is Spinal Tap, which is a parody of all the band movies that are out there being out on the road being a rock star what we do in the shadows the the movie specifically 2014 not the tv show but i would say the tv show also yeah i've never watched very funny okay i'll have to check that out very funny it's taika watiti so i know that like his humor is really not your thing so i'm not sure if you're really gonna enjoy it well no no no, because i do like jojo rabbit i that was like one of my favorite movies of 2019. So you might like this one. Yeah. Then. It's very similar in, in regards to those. Yeah. The Monty Python anythings are all considered <laughs> parodies. Airplane, of course, a classic. Don't call me Shirley, right? That's a yeah. pinnacle line. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at parodies and think of parodies specifically based on this list alone. It's not just a movie making fun of another movie. It could be a movie making fun of a genre. It could be a movie making fun of an actor. It could be a completely original idea that refers to different movies. There's a lot of different ways to look at it. But for me specifically, I feel that basing it on something that's already been made, I feel is the best way to describe what a parody is, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Okay, excellent. But enough about all that silliness. Oh, so silly. We're going to go and hop into our review for this week. Obviously, with parodies on the line, we stopped and thought for a long time, what's the parody that we should watch, right? We're like, should it be Mel Brooks? Should it be... I almost watched Shaun of the Dead, honestly, this last (laughs) week. But what did you ultimately end up choosing, Nathan? We ended up... Or I ended up watching Weird, the Al Yankovic story. So, again, Weird Al. Yeah. Everyone knows who he is. It, right. Yeah. It just so happened that this movie came out like a literally two days before we were recording this. Again, not planned. Yeah, not planned <laughs> at all. Really helped. And out. I didn't even know it was like a parody, like at all. Like I just thought, like I knew it was gonna be like a biopic, but I didn't know it was like a parody biopic. Like, oh yeah. I know it, that didn't click. To, like I don't know why that didn't click in my head <laughs> before watching it. <laughs> So were you able to write out the review? I did not write out the review, but I do have thoughts already prepared in my mind. Okay, so before we hop into those thoughts, how familiar are you with Weird Al? Not super familiar, which I think kind of affected how I thought of the movie just a little bit. But I do know, like, like I do know who he is, and I've heard some of his songs. So, okay, yeah. So I guess the the ultimate question. For me, then, would be because I, I, we, we have a family member who commented on this movie already. I'm not sure if he saw it on Facebook or not. No, I did no. not. 
So Val Valerie mm-hmm. reached out, not to us specifically, but she placed up a review for this movie. Her review was, I should have learned by watching UHF. Don't which waste is, your time. With his document, that's his documentary, right? It is not his documentary. Oh. So UHF is an old '80s film when Weird Al was getting big that revolved around Weird Al's humor. He basically bought a TV station and had to fill up all the gaps of his TV station to have people watch him on TV. But they were just ridiculous shows, absolutely ridiculous shows. A lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was a hilarious movie. But obviously with that in mind, you know, she's very familiar with Weird Al and she wasn't a huge fan of the show or of the movie. So what would you think overall? Yeah, the movie, well, first off, it has Daniel Radcliffe starring as uh, Weird Al. And then there's Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna, Rain Wilson as Dr. Demento. And there's a bunch of cameos. I'm not going to say any of the cameos because they genuinely surprised me while I was watching it. So... There's a lot like you'll you're going to be like, whoa. But yeah, so Daniel Radcliffe did a really good job here. I really liked his performance a lot. It basically tells the story of Weird Al, but like not tell the story of Weird Al. It's basically a big parody of biopics and just very loosely based on his life and career, which I thought wasn't the best idea because the first half of the movie is really good. The opening is like, whoa, what's happening? And then it gets into like, it goes back to when he was born and he was like a child. And then it goes up to like where his first like big hit with My Bologna. And then after that, it just like goes off the rails, but like not in a good way. It seems like this is a very like anti-Madonna movie because Madonna's like made to be out or she's like made to be the villain of the movie. It's so weird no pun intended but like it just felt very the first half was so good and then it went like completely nowhere in the second act like sure there's like character development but it feels like forced and like cliche which i guess they're making fun of it but it's more like not really worth it like you the movie comes in around what an hour and 40 ish minutes and it feels way longer than that especially with the second act being so slow and pointless Oy, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but like I said, Daniel Radcliffe does an amazing job in this. Like, he has a, he's just, like, fantastic. It's nice to see him in something again. I feel like it's been a while since we've had, like, Daniel Radcliffe appear and stuff. And the other performances are good. Like, Evan Rachel Wood is good as Madonna, even though I hated the character. Rain Wilson is also good as Dr. Demento. There's a bunch of other people here, too, that do a particularly great job it's directed by eric apple appel sorry if i'm mispronouncing this but i'm pretty this is his directorial debut so it's very ambitious for what he's trying to do here and i don't think he knocks it out of the park but i do see where he was trying to go with it and you know i wouldn't say it's terrible al yankovic did help co-write the script so it's nice that he had some thought process into this, but I wouldn't say it achieved what it wanted to in the best potent- or like the best way possible. So, and what do you feel it was supposed to accomplish in the long run? There's like a moment or there's a scene where 
Weird Al is like sort of like reborn in a way. And that's when the change happens in the tone of the movie where I think it's like the first half and the second half. And I feel like the first half was more subtle with parody like natures. Like it was still like making fun or not making fun, but like having fun with the biopic genre and which I liked it because it was still telling a good story, but with like that parody nature to it. And then it just goes off the rails in the second half. And I think it loses what it's trying to do of being a parody of a biopic. It just feels like more of a bunch of jumbled ideas kind of tossed up on a board and seeing which one sticks. That's a little unfortunate. Yeah. Um, Cause I am a huge weird Al fan. I've loved him since, Oh my gosh. What was that album? Running with scissors was one of his album titles, but how, how far into weirds at weird Al's, life did it get did it catch up to modern day or was it just in like his hot hits from back in like the 80s and 90s see i would answer that question but it's kind of a spoiler because everything in this movie is fictionalized there's like nothing true about this movie so the only thing about this movie that i know of because i tried watching it the other day is that it starts off with weird al saying this is the 100 percent totally true story of my life yeah and Obviously, that's not true. Yeah. But, and I don't know. It's just not. I gave the movie a 3.5 out of 5 just because. That's still really good. Yeah. All things considered. I had fun in the first half, and I do like the performances a lot, and I think the energy is there. It's just, it went nowhere by the end. And I felt like it went too into the parody genre that it lost being a parody of a biopic and just became ideas do you feel like if the energy stayed the same from the beginning leading up into the end it would have given you a different score for this movie yeah i think it would have gave me a, or i would have given it at least a four out of five really yeah okay okay but that just could be me i know people like like balls to the walls just craziness which is the second half of the movie because you're just like what is going on that's not entirely my thing I mean, I'm open to it. Like, there's movies where I'm like, what is going on? And I still really liked it. But this one just did not work in the end. Now, we talked a little bit about parodies last week with your review last week of Disaster Movie. Mm -hmm. Would you say this movie is better than Disaster Movie? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, way better for sure. Did it have the same... Now, when you say balls to the wall crazy, because I know that's kind of sort of how you explained disaster movie last week would you consider it similar like in the same wheelhouse not necessarily the same kind of like what the heck is happening but in a similar kind of sense does yeah i kind of this one just feels more like i don't know i can't delve into it without like spoiling it because there's like a sequence where you're like why is weird al getting like attacked right now (laughs) like what is happening right now and it's just like there's plot points where i'm like okay you're just saying stuff at this point which i mean was disaster movie or that was disaster movie but disaster movie was like that from start to finish this was like two different tones like the first act was so different than the second act that you're just like okay what are we doing like pick a side like let's pick one and stick with it okay so my plan because i want to see exactly what you're talking about i'm a again huge fan of weird al but i would i kind of want to get my hands on it get a better idea of what to anticipate and then you and i can talk more about it next week yeah 
from someone who's very familiar with his work to someone who's not very familiar with his work, I feel like it'd be a different kind of perspective overall. For sure. I feel like you might like it more. Like, that's my prediction. I think you'll like it more than I did. He's just... He's a very silly human being is the best way to phrase it. Are you familiar with any of his music by any chance? I mean, I can think of one song that I guarantee that you know, but I really want to get a better idea. I mean, I knew... Amish Paradise before. Okay. And then I didn't really know anything else after that, or unless you have one I probably have heard of. I can only think of one. Everybody's heard this. It took the internet by storm. White and Nerdy. What's the What's the original? Uh, oh, Right it, and Dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard. And there was another one. I can't think. I I think it was off his last album, like Mandatory Fun. I think. I love. There was Fun. a There was a song on there where it was like. About a drill or no, maybe. Or, oh yeah, the hardware store. Yeah, that yeah. one. I know that one. Okay. But I def- they do sing some of his songs in this one, in the movie. So I was like, oh, okay, now I know more about. Okay. So I'm actually curious about that because I in the trailer when he was singing, well, Daniel Radcliffe, playing him, when he was singing "My Bologna," was. Do you know if in the movie, if that was just Weird Al dubbed over it, or was that actually Daniel Radcliffe redoing it? I don't know Weird Al's voice that well, his singing voice, to clearly, like, differentiate the two. But if, like, my imagination of Weird Al's voice did not sound like what was on the movie. It says, while Radcliffe sang the Weird Al songs live during takes, Yankovic later dubbed over the actor's voice for the film soundtrack. Okay, that actually makes me feel really good because in the trailer, I was about to say it sounded just like Weird Al, and I'm like, there's no way that Daniel was able to copy that. Yeah, no, but it did say he learned how to play the accordion for the role. So Daniel did? Yes. Wow, good so. for him. Holy cow. You know, in, in regards to Weird Al, he actually just got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame yeah, like two years it, ago. Yeah. So Him. And I remember during his his indictment speech, he you know he's up there talking about how honored he is, and he said that the one thing he asks is that nobody just pees on his star like they did with Donald Trump. So that was really funny. But perfect. So a final rating for Weird. Three point five out of five. And where can you watch this? It's on the Roku channel for free. So all you have to do is make an account for free and watch it for free. Woo! And I, I've used Roku a few times before, and it's honestly a solid service. So, Do they have any other originals, or is this their first? No, they have a, a few other originals. Nothing, like, big. Like, I know they have a few recordings of Broadway musicals on there, and then, like, a few TV shows. But I would say this is, like, their first release where everybody's talking about it, or where I've seen, like, Roku get a lot of attention for it. So, It's advertised... Like, if you go, if you have a Roku device, from my understanding, if you have a Roku device and you turn on the Roku device, there's an ad that pops up that says, weird, the Alec Yankovic yeah. story. Just and click lo- here to play. Yeah, the loading screen on the website is also decked out in Weird Al stuff. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. So they're really they're really holding on to this, this yeah. movie. That's awesome. Good for them. Good for them. But enough about all those other parodies that we've been talking about so far. It's time to make our own parodies. What? What? So we have two games that we're going to be playing today. One of them is very, very short. 
The other one's going to take a little bit longer, but the outcome is going to be phenomenal. Yes, I'm excited. As you should be. So, I'm going to go ahead and start with the first game. I call this game Muppet Movie Mayhem. Are you familiar with the Muppets at all? Yes. You are? Yes. So you know the characters? Yeah. Like, how, like, pretty well? Like, besides, like, the main five? I'm, I... I can describe them, but I might not know their names. Okay, that's totally okay. Today, we want you to make a Muppet movie. But there's a twist. So a lot of Muppet movies have celebrity cameos that come inside of it. We're going to do the opposite, where we're going to keep only one celebrity from an original film, and every other character is going to be a Muppet character. Do you understand the rules? Yes, I do. Does that make sense? Yep. So, for example, Jurassic Park with the Muppets, would just be Jurassic Park. Everyone else is a Muppet except for Jeff Goldblum. And that's really it. Yeah. <laughs> so were you able to find one or make one? I have like a rough outline, but I have a movie ready. Beautiful. Bring it on. What do you got? Okay. This one is not very like realistic in a sense. Like it would never happen because of the premise, I guess. But I would do a Muppet version of Catch Me If You Can. The one with Leonardo DiCaprio? And Tom Hanks, yes. Okay, okay. Hear me out. I'm going to keep Tom Hanks because I would love to see Tom Hanks interact with the Muppets. I think that's like gold right there. Sorry, DiCaprio, but you're out. I just think because in the movie, DiCaprio's character goes like all around the world. He's a pilot. He's a doctor. He's a prosecutor. He's all these like things. And I feel like the, adding the Muppets into that like scenarios would just be like mayhem, but like in the best way possible. Yeah. And I don't really have like Muppets assigned to replace the characters, like DiCaprio and Christopher Walken and all that stuff. But I do think like just having those characters or like any character in any of the roles, it would just be perfect. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit though. Uh oh. So you're keeping Tom Hanks. Yes. Who would play opposite of Hanks, Muppet wise? In DiCaprio's role as Frank. I kind of want to do, I kind of want to do like a toss-up between Gonzo and Scooter. Like, I feel like okay. either of those would be fun, like opposite of Tom Hanks. So now I'm really curious because a lot of people are like, well, Kermit has to play the main role, right? No. That's what everyone really jumps towards, yeah. which I personally don't feel is the case. The Muppets can stand alone just fine without Kermit, I feel. But who would your Kermit be then? Who would Kermit play? And catch me if you can. Because obviously he needs to be a part of the cast, right? As him yeah. being the, the face of the Muppets. Can we change the story a little bit? Or... You can, yes. Because okay. so I know how... Muppets do that. but like <laughs> No, no, no. That's absolutely true. The, the lines will be different. How lines are delivered are going to be different. The cameos could potentially be different. But the ultimate goal is that it'll start the exact same and it'll end the exact same. Yeah. I see I would give Tom Hanks an assistant type thing and make Kermit the assistant. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then as for like Amy Adams' character, I would obviously do Miss Piggy because that's just like fun in itself. I feel like Miss Piggy would do great in that role. I agree. Obviously, there's the parents, Christopher Walken's character, and I think I forgot who played the mom, but... I mean, if I have Gonzo and Scooter, could you technically do other Muppets? Or I feel like you would have to do, like... You don't have to do... I mean, so that's the thing. 
all other characters are going to be played by a Muppet. Yeah. Every single character except for one. So Christopher Walken's character won't be there anymore. It's going to be replaced by someone else. Yeah. The parents will be replaced by someone else, right? Or by one of the Muppets specifically. So, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to cast everybody, obviously. I'm not yeah, putting you in that yeah. deep into this. <laughs> but that's a good one. That's yeah. a really good one. Catch me if you can. Okay. I feel like you're going in an, like an opposite direction. I mean, yes and no. Only, okay. So they've done a couple parodies. Obviously, they've done Treasure Island, which has been done many a times already. It's a classic. They've done Chris, not Christmas Story. It's Christmas Story, right? The Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Thank you. They've done Christmas Carol, which is one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's the Muppet Christmas Carol. But for me, <laughs> it wouldn't work because of IPs. But the Muppets Back to the Future. Oh. I would keep Doc Brown. Yeah, I was going to say. But I would replace everybody else. So the only thing, you know, a lot of people are like, well, obviously you're going to have Kermit play Marty McFly. Wrong. Wrong. I'm curious to see where you go with this. So I'm planning on having Kermit play the dad who's in the tree spying on Lorraine. Who's played by Miss Piggy. Okay, yeah. But Marty McFly, you and I are actually in the same wheelhouse. I want him played as Gonzo. Yeah, I feel like Gonzo's a Muppet where he's like a lead Muppet, but nobody sees him as a lead Muppet. Correct. Yes. But my big twist is that Biff would be played by Rizzo. Really? Yeah. Now, that's an interesting idea. Which would be really funny, I feel, especially for going on Muppets Logic, because Rizzo and Gonzo are like BFFs. So to have them kind of go at it throughout the movie would just be an interesting concept to to provide through the film. Yeah, see, you know a lot more about Muppets than I do, because I didn't know Rizzo and Gonzo were like besties. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Him, so Rizzo, Gonzo, and Pepe are all pretty close together. So Who knew? Uh, well, you knew. I but did. I... <laughs> So, yay, that was Muppets. Yeah. I, did, I did the Kermit wave. <laughs> Where he flings his arms back oh, and forth. Like, it's crazy. Next up, we're going to be playing a game of Mad Libs. Woo! Are you familiar with Mad Libs yes, at all? Yes, I are. used to love doing Mad Libs. Good. Well, it's a lot of fun. Total blast. So here's what we're going to do, though. I actually wrote my own Mad Libs story. Um, now... Do you, have I told you anything about the story? No, I know absolutely nothing. Are you familiar with what we're going to be talking about in the story? No. Nothing at all? No. Right? Okay. So we are a film podcast. So this story I'm going to be telling is going to be based off of a film. But you're not going to know what it is until we start reading it. Oh, no. I'm nervous. I'm not giving you any kind of hints or anything. So we're just going to go ahead and make our way through. I'm going to have you fill out a whopping total of 18 fill-ins. Okay? And we're going to go ahead and make our story. Okay, let's do this. You ready? Yes. Okay. Okay, so for the first box, we have a girl's name. Let's do Natalie. That's my sister's name. That's the first thing I thought of. So for the next slot, we have a time of day, and I'm going to choose midnight. For the next slot, we have 
a type of natural disaster. And since we live in California, I'm going to do earthquake. For the next one, we have a silly sounding word. And I'm going to do oof. Okay, next up, a celebrity. I'm going to do Megan the Stallion. For a type of building, I think I'll do a skyscraper. Okay, for the next slot, we need to do an LA City landmark. I'm going to do the Griffith Observatory. Okay, for a popular recent cartoon character for the next slot, I'm going to do Mirabelle from Encanto. For the next slot, we need a water animal, which I'm going to do an octopus. We need another celebrity, so I'm going to do Ryan Reynolds. Next, we need an evil-sounding name. I'm going to do... I'm going to do... Let's do... Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to do... Can it be like a villain name? Okay, I'm going to do Jafar then. I like the name Jafar. A type of toy is the next category. And I'm going to do... A doll. Just a doll. Uh, a character played by Will Ferrell. I'm going to obviously do Buddy. From Elf. Next up, we need a type of drink. I'm going to do Dr. Pepper. Next up, we need a book title. So I'm going to do The Summer I Turn Pretty, which is an Amazon show that everybody should watch. Next up, we need a romantic movie. And I'm going to do The Notebook, even though I've never seen The Notebook. Next up, we need a weapon. So I'm going to do a butcher knife. Next up, we need an older city in the U.S., so I'm going to do Brooklyn. I'm pretty sure that's old. Lastly, we need a type of clothing, and I'm going to do socks. Let's do, ooh, fuzzy socks. All right. Got it all filled out. I'm nervous. As you should be. This is going to be a pretty interesting one overall. So today's Mad Lib is going to be brought to you by Nathan. He yes. he made this one. <laughs> now, again, in per of our parody episode, this whole story we're going to be telling is going to be a parody of The Wizard of Oz. Oh, no. <laughs> Here we go. No, some of the things <laughs> I said. Once upon a time, somewhere under the rainbow... There lived a young girl named Natalie who lived on a farm. She had big dreams and a large imagination. At midnight, she gets caught up in an earthquake and sent over to the wonderful world of Oof. Okay. <laughs> as soon as she arrives, a massive skyscraper falls on top of someone who she is told <laughs> oh is the Wicked Witch of the West. She's terrified of what just happened and is begging to go home. She is told all of her answers can be found on the dark side of Oof at the highest tower of the Griffith Observatory. Okay. Along her journey, she befriends Ryan Reynolds, Mirabelle from Encanto, and a octopus, whom is also a tad bit cowardly. All three of them skip merrily through the woods. I'm just imagining an octopus. Yeah, no. <laughs> keeping an eye out for the evil witch Jafar and her flying dolls. Flying dolls. <laughs> they finally make it safe and sound into the beautiful city where they're greeted by the one and only butler, Buddy the Elf. Okay. He refuses to let them see the all-powerful Megan the Stallion, but is ultimately <laughs> overcome with faith as they're the only ones who can save the city. As the three march into the city, it is then attacked by flying dolls and the evil witch Jafar. 
However, they end up saving the day by accidentally spilling Dr. Pepper all over him. Oh, no. Oh, no. Everyone cheers, though. Yay. Uh, (laughs) To thank her for her her heroic deed, Megan the Stallion decides to grant all of them one wish. Ryan Reynolds wishes for the book, The Summer I Turned Pretty. Oh, my God. (laughs) instead Instead of brains. Mirabelle wishes for the notebook instead of a heart. And the octopus wishes for a butcher knife instead of courage. (laughs) (laughs) But all Natalie wants to do is go back home to Brooklyn. All she has to do is click her fuzzy socks three times and wish for it. And thus she returns home unharmed and safe. The end. Okay, guys, watch out for the movie adaptation (laughs) of this Mad Lib coming to you in theaters 2025. This is a straight-to-DVD movie. Yeah. (laughs) That's our Mad Lib. Yay. Yay. That was really good. I like that. Oh, man. That was a good story. That was good. Who would have thought that Dr. Pepper would have melted somebody? Yeah. You know, the things it takes. I'm telling you. So, but that's it, everybody. That's the end of our podcast. We did it. Super exciting things. And we just want to thank you guys again for everything you guys have done for us. All the love and support we've been getting from everybody. Our last episode has been a very popular episode so far. There's been a lot of views on it thus far. But if you guys like the games that we played today or like the stories that we played today, please leave a comment below letting us know what games you want to hear of again or just new games that you have in mind. Yeah, we've done like a new game every episode. Just about. Yeah. Yeah. So So. if there's any returning games that you guys have heard where you're like, I want to hear that again, we can make it happen for you guys. For sure. For sure, for sure. As per the norm, you can go and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Planet Pick Pod. How do you spell that? P-L-A-N-E-T-P-I-C, no K, pod, P-O-D. We're always available for comments on both of those platforms, along with our email, which is the exact same thing. Oh, no. Yes, it is. Yeah, just with gmail.com. Yeah. Correct. Obviously, we have a blog that you guys can read about our wonderful Nathan and all the movies he's read. Yeah, it's postcreditreviews.com. And like a little, not announcement, but like for like the rest of the year, maybe, hopefully there'll be a new review for a new movie or old movie every single day. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in knowing more about the biggest movies to come out and just what's, you know, what's worth watching, what's not worth watching, hop onto his blog, take a look around, get a better feel for what's out there. Um, are you going to be posting every single day or are you going to be doing like a mass post at the end of the week? No, it's going to, I'm going to try and do a post every day. Starting today, I have my first review and a long slew of reviews and that's going to be for weird right that one's tomorrow today okay. is pearl the new a24 movie with mia goth Ooh. yeah okay so that's two months of reviews yeah which is going to be approximately 60 reviews coming your way yeah oh my god you got your hands full yeah but i have a bunch of time now so i can just crank these out that's true yeah that's true <laughs> Now, I was able to get an inspiration quote this week. This week, we actually have two, but I think I'm going to choose the first one because it makes sense with our review that we went over today. This is a quote from Weird Al. He says, quote, 
So that's why one of my rules of parody writing is that it's got to be funny regardless of whether you know the source material. It has to work on its own merit. Uh-oh, he should have read this before writing his movie. Right. He co-wrote his movie. Oh, well. It Just saying. <laughs> it's and, not very funny. Well, but <laughs> who knows? I mean, it says whether you know the source material. So, I mean... Even if he didn't know his own life, he still made an entertaining movie. I guess. Yeah. For like the first half of it. That's true. Weird Al, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. I know. Sorry. <laughs> hey, all opinions are welcome here. That's and true. And I hope you would think the same, Weird Al. That's right. <laughs> Weird Al. One last shout out to the Christmas voting has begun. Yeah. I was getting ready to send our votes and have everybody participate yeah we're getting there so we're going to be doing this in two different ways for those of you who are listening who aren't direct friends and family with us you can go ahead and comment directly on our twitter page which i actually just posted up the questionnaire i believe it was last night yeah i saw it i shared it on our instagram and i actually shared it on my personal facebook too yeah i'm gonna share it as well on both my accounts and it's really sweet it's it's based on the night for Christmas poem. So it's a lot of fun to read. But please give us your favorite holiday movies. For all of our friends and family who are listening, you can go ahead and do it that way too. In fact, that'll be a little bit easier for us overall. But we might also just reach out to you when the time comes to yeah. see if we can add your movie to our bracket. So, but anyway, thank you again so much, everybody, for everything today. Any last words of wisdom? No, just. Have fun. Watch a parody movie. Could not have said it better myself. Thank you again so much. Y'all have a great rest of your day. See you guys next week. Bye.